So this is going to be um, the first of a podcast format that we're going to be returning to on a regular basis um, here with our Patreon pods uh, all year long, which is we're going to go and essentially do a power rankings. um, But first first Thursday of every month, you'll be doing a power rankings pod of all 30 teams. And John will be going one through 30, I guess, 30 through one, as we just mentioned. And every month we'll update the list. Yes. And um, not as you'll see in a bit, maybe not like traditional power rankings to a T because I, as, as anyone who's listened to me for a while, know, I think the, the exercise of like doing these lists is somewhat futile. So this will be more as Andrew is seething right now, because I think <laughs> that's how lists lists run the world and lists yes, run the content world as well. So for me, it's more about an opportunity to holistically look at the league and where teams generally are and to have a conversation about some of the more interesting things that we're seeing, as opposed to, you know, are the Knicks the seventh best team or the ninth best team? But are the Knicks the seventh best team (laughs) or the ninth best team, John? That matters. I literally just got back from the library to decide who is number one in my county. Okay. (laughs) I, uh, Hey, good call. Um, I, uh, you'll find out soon enough, I guess. Um, so we're going to go do that. But, but before before we get to that, it is it is funny to me, though, how perception can so drastically alter from year to year as I'm sitting here and speaking these words into this microphone. The Knicks are five and two and it feels it feels dour. It feels like a down day. And last year they started five and eight. Um, I suppose there's a possibility they could still start five and eight. I hope not. But well, so I'll go a step further than you. Yeah. So because we're recording this before the Pacer game, there's a chance they lose it, which is why yes. we can consider both possibilities. They win, and everybody, when you're listening to this, it's like, wow, you guys are talking about a time before we were happy again and we're six and two, or they're five and three. It's actually worse than you guys are suggesting, yeah. you know. So what was the Knicks' big stretch to begin the season last year? They went one and three, then they won four straight to go to five and three. And we were like, oh, my God, the Knicks are good. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. The pandemic's over, you know, rejoice. Hallelujah. Yeah. Off of the same record that could exist if they beat the if they lose to the Pacers tomorrow night, which in turn, the sky will be falling. Yeah. um, Yeah. No, it's and it's it's kind of funny that way. But uh yeah, well, well, if you're interested in more of our thoughts on the, the Knicks exclusively, tune into the regular KFS pod, where we're basically pumping out an episode a day between the um, the post-game live streams and the normal shows, which we have some good ones this week. Anyway, let's get to the rest of the league. Um, just before we go, uh, we'll start at the bottom, obviously. Before we go through it, it feels like we're... So we're two weeks in. Um, I don't think... Uh, another reason why lists... I. It, lists, especially this time of year, are futile. Um, I don't think we know anything really until 20 games, at least 15 games. Um, team, most teams have not yet played even half that. So I think that the teams in the league right now that have played, there have been a few teams that have played seven games. Um, most, a lot of teams have played six games. And so we're not even halfway to a few teams have played eight games. Excuse me, I stand corrected. Um, we're not even halfway to that 15 game mark. So I have a, I have a question. So sure. you've been, you've been vocal about the 16 
game mark as your first real checkpoint for the Knicks see. because of who those 16 games are okay. against. So and I think that's before a, the schedule gets. Is nuts. there an NBA first checkpoint that you usually I, hit when you first look at the standings and say, okay, this is now to consider, you know, a legitimate I mean, sample size, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I should know off the top of my head what where teams will be at, at I, you know what December, I think it need, we need to get to December. I think it's it's at the very least fifteen games, but I think by twenty games you kind of know, you know, you know what's up. That's why like I'm not even looking at lineup data yet. I, it's just like why, you know, a, two two games in one way or the other could completely evaporate something that seems like a trend. Um, so yeah, fifteen twenty games. So we're halfway there. Does it mean we we can't take anything from it? No. But it doesn't like we. It's it's too early because. And again, to speak to what our conversation we just had was about, we're still at the point where like one game can or two games, one to two games can drastically alter your opinions on a team, and like that's not going to be the case after thirty or forty games. Yeah, and it's why I respect and and have full appreciation for the content places that do these power rankings once a week and. It's it's an exercise that when I was doing final score, I did it for football and the exercise was way more about like seeing how things change week to week, like as a whole, like, oh, my gosh, in week one, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the MVP because it had a great week one. And then yeah, con- exactly. continuing the trend to see how that race evolved going forward. I'm curious to see as we do that throughout the season what these races will look like, what the power rankings will look like. It's literally, there's a podcast, a movie podcast called This Had Oscar Buzz, which <sighs> talks about movies. That's good. Can you believe it that this actually had Oscar buzz looking back? Because throughout the Oscar season, you recalibrate leading up to a movie and then after a movie, once you've seen it. And I think that similar spirit can be applied to what we do here. So I'm, I'm curious to see if we can look back and like, can you believe back in November we had like the, the Hornets as the second best team in the NBA. And then they're like a playing team, you know, uh, spoiler alert. I do not think the Hornets is like, ah, best team in okay. The um, okay. You want us to get started at the bottom? Let's do it. Start from the bottom. Now you're here. So- <laughs> What's also funny is we're recording this at 1030 in the morning and it looks like you're drinking like a very yellow, so, I don't know, like Chardonnay or something. I will say this, this living with a woman will do this. This is what all our glasses look like. I, so I, yeah, you get it. Um, I, this is Red Bull. If anybody okay. remembers from the live stream, that's my that's my coffee. That's my that's, morning pick me up. I, you know, it's so funny because to me, to. that's that's more degenerative than than drinking Chardonnay to than drinking Chardonnay. Yes, I, listen, it's sugar free. If that helps my case at all, it doesn't. Not to <laughs> me. Doesn't. Not to someone. Oh, we don't have to get into my days working mm-hmm. uh, at a bar and doing uh, way too many Jaeger bombs. Um, uh, some uh, here's a team that should probably start doing more Jaeger bombs, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they are one of my. Um, you know what? Let's uh, we'll, we'll really get into the nitty gritty. I'm going to have my bottom tier just be two teams. Um, and it's, it's going to be the thunder and the pistons. And it's interesting to me that, um, Oklahoma city in some games still finds a way to look like a competent team. Like as again, as we're recording this, they were, they were winning against the Clippers in the fourth quarter in LA last night, they beat the Lakers earlier this season. Um, 
And yet there are other games where you look at what they're doing and it's like, this is not an NBA team. Um, and so they've been one of like, they've been confusing in that sense. Um, and I just, the Shea Gilgis Alexander of it all is utterly fascinating to me mm. because as much as he is, whatever he is, he's 23 years old, right? Um, is somehow not on their timeline because their timeline is like four years from now or whatever it is. Right. Um, I just, and I know, look, he just, the, his extension, it, it either just kicked in or like he, just, whatever. Yeah. I think it just kicked in. Um, you know, that's a, that's something I'll be, something I'm curious about to watch moving forward. Fully agreed on OKC and Detroit, like they're one in five without Cade at the time of recording. So yep. you wonder if they'd still be one in five if Cade was there, but they're they're clearly not clearly not investing anything in the season as far as rushing him back. Um, I am a little surprised you don't have two other teams in this bottom tier. So they're gonna be in my next tier up, which is like that's what I was deciding whether or not to include all four of these teams in the same tier or to um separate them and the other two teams obviously are the Rockets and the Magic. I mm-hmm. can't put the Magic in this bottom tier because the Magic have won two games, one of so, which came against the Knicks. I'll go I'll I'll say I wasn't thinking about the Magic. There's another team that the Knicks have played that I thought you'd put below the I, Rockets and and in this bottom tier with how bad they've been to start the season. So yes, the Pelicans are one and six. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. So we, we need. Should we have a rule book for these rankings? For these for these power rankings? Because like, in my mind, we're not looking at the whole Pelicans team, and that is skewing where I have them. Like for me, them being, I can't disassociate their one and like. Yes, the team that we have seen probably deserves to be in the tier with the Rockets and the Magic. Um, although it sounds like you're more impressed with like one of the Rockets and the Magic than I am. We oh, no, no, no. I, I think if the Pelicans, I would have the Pelicans below the Magic, I'll say that much. And I think the Pelicans, again, you're doing, you're putting the Pistons as low as you are because we haven't seen Cade yet. This is as much of the sample size that we've seen. This is what the Pelicans have been. Here's, like here's next the, month, if Zion comes back and they win like five in a row, then they move up. But here's yeah. the difference for me um, is uh, what do you call it? The Cade Cunningham look, and we've seen some really good performances from rookies so far, as we will get into when we talk um, more up the rankings. I just never assume, I don't care what pick he is. I don't care how generational of a talent he is. Um, I never assume a rookie is going to be a helpful NBA player. Um, especially a rookie ball handler. And theoretically, Kate Cunningham is going to be running point for the for the Pistons. So like him not being there, is that probably hurting them? I guess. But like, I'm not, I can't, like, here's the thing. I'm a big net ratings guy. Mm-hmm. The Thunder are negative 12.8, which is, they're in a class by themselves. Pistons are next worst at negative 10.7. Like how is Cade really going to change that that much? And I'm actually, quite frankly, I'm a little surprised. I thought they would be a little bit feistier based on how we saw them in preseason, but they just, they just can't score the ball. Maybe Cade helps with that, but here's the thing. I know Zion would help with what the Pelicans are doing and not doing. I didn't mean to, um, to, to say that it's the same thing to lose Cade Cunningham to Zion. I'm just simply saying based off the seven Pelicans games we've seen, that's one of the worst teams in the NBA. So much so that I put them below 
Orlando, who actually has had some pieces that have popped more than I thought they would so far this season. 